welcome to Angular Air. I'm here today with Oliver. Hey. And Amy. Hello. And we're joined today by a special guest, Niall Crosby. Hello. A couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get started uh, talking to Niall. Uh, first of all, Kent is out today. He just had his third child, so we all congratulate Kent and wish him the best of luck, and hopefully he gets some sleep. Uh, don't forget to tweet ngair question if you have any questions throughout the show, and we'll cover those uh, right near the end. And then finally, next show, uh, next week, same time on Tuesday, is going to be with Minko uh, Gitchev talking about immutability in Angular 1. So we're all looking forward to that. Okay, so uh, we're here today with uh, Niall Crosby, as we mentioned, who is the creator of a library called AG Grid. So Niall, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, give us a little bit of background of what AG Grid is. Sure. Uh, thanks, Jeff. My name is Niall Crosby. I'm um, living in London. I've been writing software for about 16, 17 years now professionally. And I've been doing web applications with JavaScript and Angular for about three years. During that time, I've built, let's say, about four large products end-to-end. And for each of those, we had a, well, a grid as a core part of that system. So I felt the pain in choosing a decent grid to be used inside AngularJS. Um, we started off, like I guess everybody else, we used ng-grid, which was okay. It was, was okay for small grids. But once we started to put in advanced features like, say, grouping or pinning, um, and then especially when we went to put in many columns into our grids, we found that um, ng-grid ng just wasn't able to, to handle the sort of things we were throwing at it. So we looked around. We decided on jqx-grid. We were using that half happily for about a year. Um, one of the things I didn't like about JQX Grid was that it was quite clunky. If you had four grids on different tabs, and as you're going through the tabs, it went clunk, 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 clunk. And then I was coming towards Christmas last year, and we had a system that had just got into production, and it was with JQX Grid. One of the things that's really frustrating as a developer is when you know you've done your job well, and then when the product gets released, the experience from the users is, actually, we don't like it because it's too clunky. And that was nothing to do with the code that we did. It was just down to the grid shots. So we couldn't go back to ng-grid, but a new UI-grid was on the horizon, which was going to be the solution to a good grid on AngularJS. So I was really looking forward to UI-grid being released. And when the beta came out, I think it was November last year, I quickly put that in and try and solve our problems. But it didn't do very well. When we put a big grid with 60 columns in and we tried to scroll from the left to the right, um, it, it just fell down. It would just stall for about 15 seconds as it tried to render. And it also had a, a lot of bugs, which, OK, I can appreciate it's in beta. You're going to have bugs. But, but these bugs were things where it just showed sloppy kind of code base where You'd scroll from right to left, and when you scroll to the left, the columns wouldn't be aligned. Um, just little strange things were happening. It was, it was broken. Um, so I was quite frustrated. Um, we couldn't use SlickGrid because SlickGrid didn't allow pinned columns. And I was looking for a solution that would fit into Angular and fit into native JavaScript applications better without going through jQuery or without going through the DOM, but a, a direct interface. I wanted methods that I could call, not have to go through a, 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 the divs that the items were attached to. So I 
was wondering oh, how hard can it be because Slickgrid shows that JavaScript can be really fast and you can have real virtualization and get things to go really, really well. But for some reason, there was a blocker. There wasn't a grid which you could plug into AngularJS that, that worked fast and then had the stuff that I wanted, which was grouping, pinning, and I also wanted Excel-like filtering. And I didn't see any grid which would have that simple thing built in where you'd click on the top of the column and it would show you the, the 20 or so values and you could check the checkboxes. That just didn't seem to come with any of the grids. So I took it as a, a mini project to myself over the Christmas period to give it a bash see if I could come up with something so when it came into work after Christmas, I could then plug it into the application and see if it would work. So that's why I started AG Grid. Um, back then I called it Angular Grid, but I changed the name recently to differentiate it from UI Grid because some people are really in it getting it mixed up. And brought it into work and it worked really well. Um, I can firmly say from that day forwards, all of my grid stress issues went away. So for me, I finally had a grid which did the things which I needed them to do. Um, I wrote a grid myself over Christmas, or at least the core part of it was written over Christmas. So I released it as open source, but I didn't push it. But after about two months, people were saying to me, you know, this is actually really good. If you push this, it could become used better or by other people. Um, a few people contacted me through GitHub and told me to found my grid. They don't understand why it isn't taking off. But the reason why I wasn't really taking off is because I wasn't trying. It wasn't my intention at the time to release it as a, a grid into the, the, the AngularJS ecosystem. So that's when I decided to put the website together. I put the documentation together. I wrote the article, Why the World Needed an Angular, Another AngularJS Grid. And I pushed it onto Reddit on April 1st. And it almost went viral straight away. Lots of people started using the grid. And then to my surprise, and I was really surprised with this, um, not only was the response very positive, but a lot of people had the same problems as I had. There seemed to be a general um, aggravation in the community for the lack of a decent grid inside AngularJS, which kind of surprised me a bit because when you're building a framework, usually a good grid is at the core of that framework. So for it to have gone on for so long in the AngularJS world, without having a, a very solid enterprise-level decent grid to build the applications on. Uh, I found that a bit surprising. Um, that's the story of where the grid came from and kind of where it is going from now. Um, from that day forwards, I've been doing two things. I've been increasing, enhancing the grid for myself, for my work, and also enhancing it for the community as well. So I've started to put in features which were not specifically for me, but for things that are the people have asked for, like pagination and virtual, um, and virtual scrolling, which is not actually stuff that I use. So one thing that's interesting with what you kind of went over is that there's kind of an underlying thing said of uh, some of the use cases, basically, you know, when you have, like, a lot of data. Can you get into a little bit of that of, like, what are the business, like from a business perspective, like why you would come about using uh, a product like AG Grid or any grid um, solution? Is it just because the business wants to see a lot of data, structured data on the, on the page at the same time, or are there other use cases as well? Yeah, that's, that's very dependent on where you're coming from. For me, I work in banking. Uh, I work with a lot of finance uh, products. So we're not delivering web pages um, in the traditional sense thing that AngularJS was designed for. Uh, so what you were delivering, it delivering in-house products. So our users, 
expect an Excel-like experience within a browser on the desktop. So they want to be able to load in 100,000 records or 50,000 records, slice and dice, search, and then us as developers, we want to be able to present that to them, but then modify the data. So change the colors, move it around, um, allow a nice interface, put the filtering in, and have it all easy to work with. Um, but you don't need to have large amounts of data in order to benefit from the grid, because although that's one of the differentiators is it does work really fast and manages large data, it also has a very clean interface into it. So um, changing the grid, changing its behavior, doing cell rendering, all of that is done very nicely as well. So even if your grid data requirements are low, you can still benefit from the, the clean API and do the things it has. Yeah, so I'm using it at work, and we've, we have uh, quite a lot of rows um, on some of our data sets. And we have one table that has something like uh, 100 or maybe 150 lines. And we started using edgy grid because uh, no, nothing else was performant enough. And I'm, I was really surprised when I enabled the filter and I clicked on one column and it just filtered in immediately with more than 100 rows. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty cool. A lot of people come back to me with that. And also the, the quick filter, uh, to be able to just type in Sophie, and it takes your 100,000 rows down almost inst instantaneously. It's, yeah. it's nice. It's nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you for that. Uh, but, uh, no, that you mentioned that you were working on uh, features for the community. Do you have any new features in in your mind that you're working on, maybe, or that you will implement soon? Maybe yeah. what are the most yeah. requested? Um, well, <laughs> the most requested and what I do are different things. I try and balance it. Sometimes the most requested I don't agree with. Um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been very deep with Angular 2 and web components. Uh, it's kind of helped me back from putting new features in. Um, I've, as of last weekend, I have the first version of the grid working with Angular 2 but I still have a few more days of work to put all the things in which, uh, which I want to get complete. Um, my hope is, well not my hope, my target will be say in five weeks from now I'll have a grid which completely works outside of a framework, completely works inside AngularJS as, as it does now, completely works inside Angular 2, which will be tricky because that's not released yet, and completely works as a web component. And then I'm going to try and mix it up a bit and use it as a web component inside Angular 2 as opposed to having it as an Angular 2 component. Now, with what you just said, you're saying that the, the same set of code or you would have two different versions? The same set of code, which okay. is actually what, what it's in. The release I did just um, two days ago, the same release of code will work in Angular 1 and in Angular 2 as native, well, directive for Angular 1, and it's a native component in Angular 2. Okay, so is there, is there any dependencies on Angular at all? It depends on what you would like. So if you want to use the grid in its core form, it will work with no dependency. But then if you put some Angular bindings inside your own cell rendering, it won't work. So I guess that's where my grid is different to all the other grids, where they have wrappers around them which allow them to connect in with AngularJS. I go a step further, and I have the cell rendering uh, work with AngularJS, so if you put the bindings in, then those bindings will work as well. So if you want the fastest grid, 
then just put Angular to a side. If you want to still, if you, you might have directives you want to use, or maybe you're just more used to using AngularJS and performance isn't an issue for you because your data set is small. Um, if you're of .com, then you just turn the switch on, and then you've got full access to AngularJS inside the grid. And I don't know if any other grid that does that. Maybe if you guys have heard, you can tell me. But as far as I'm concerned, no other grid does that. No, I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah. Maybe we, we didn't say that you can use um, AG Grid without Angular. You don't have to. You can use it in another project if you want. That's right, yeah. And, and that's the way things are going to go. Um, and I really like one of the changes they've done in AngularJS 2. Um, AngularJS 2 is designed to work with web components. And if you think about it, all of those AngularJS 1 libraries can't be used outside of AngularJS 1. And to me, that's, that, that's not good, and it's not healthy for AngularJS as an ecosystem. Um, what we need is for developers like ourselves to be able to choose a framework, and then separately on top of that, then choose your components. And they shouldn't be dependent on each other. So if you're in a company and you use AngularJS, and you get deep with the grid, and then you go someplace else and they're using a different framework, you won't be able to take those grid components with you and apply them elsewhere. So that dependency shouldn't be there. Um, web components is, is a move in that direction. So all of these, um, say, it, uh, all, all of the, the uh, difficult components, what was it the word difficult probably wrong, all, all of the components that do intense work with the DOM, it's probable that they're so specialized, like a grid that does virtualization, um, they're so specialized that they shouldn't be using AngularJS because AngularJS is designed for managing forms on web pages and then doing a lot of other stuff as well. But the, the binding and the services, they're all mapped towards writing those types of applications. Um, so the, the problems that I had to solve, I couldn't really use what AngularJS gave me, such as I've got my own virtual DOM working underneath the hood. I've got the role virtualization. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And I found out working directly with the DOM is the best way to go. So I think the future, what will happen, is these types of components will be represented as web components. You, as an AngularJS application developer, should not be concerned with how those components work underneath the hood. So in my case, in NG, or sorry, in a AG Grid, uh, it just so happens that it's direct JavaScript, and I've got no further dependencies. As far as you're concerned, you can use it as a web component or as an AngularJS component, and just hook it up with the events and with the API that I provide. And then in Angular 2, it'll uh, like what I'm doing at Angular 1, it can work with the digest cycle or whatever the digest cycle is called in Angular 2 as well, and that'll all work seamlessly. So it, yeah, it's, it's the way to go. Components of the future shouldn't be tied to frameworks. So I was going to ask a question as you were kind of talking about how uh, Angular Grid is actually working. So you wrote an interesting blog post, and I think people should go read about the different things that you tried on your Christmas break. Um, so, <laughs> so first question was if you wanted to kind of talk about the different approaches you tried, and then I also thought it was kind of interesting. So a lot of people, when they hit this wall, have turned to looking at something like React and actually incorporating that in their Angular application, but that wasn't something you looked at. Um, so those are my two questions I was curious about. Yeah, sure. So the first question, the different strategies that I tried to make the grid really fast. Um, I, I like to program computer games um, in the JavaScript world. That's done using the canvas. And I know that computer games are really fast. When you're talking about games, you're talking about 50 frames per second. It, it, the scrolling experience should be really, really good. 
Um, so I just did some Canvas 2D programming. I had to implement my own version of a scroll bar because you can't use a native scroll because native scroll would scroll with div element, which is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to create my own scroll bar and then based on the, on the scroll position, I would redraw the scene in just the same way as we draw a game. Um, that was almost just a hobby. I, I wanted to have an idea as to how fast it would be. But I never really believed I'd, I'd bring that to fruition because I knew that would be difficult to bring into the enterprise because that skill set of Canvas just isn't with the typical organization. So then my second one was SVG. And again, I didn't believe it, it would work, but I wanted to try. I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. So I created a, a grid with SVG. It didn't look very well. It was basically squares with text inside the squares. Uh, but it was it was kind of interesting, and I'm happy I spent time on it, so I didn't miss anything. Maybe there was some nugget of gold in there I was going to discover, but it didn't happen. The um, the next one I was trying then was just take Angular uh, as uh, as it is, take the Angular cookbook and build the grid like an Angular application. So that meant use directives to componentize the app, the, the application underneath, and then use Angular services. Um, the Angular services didn't really suit me because they're all singletons and the services that I have inside the grid do work with the DOM. Um, so I didn't really see a fit for how Angular presents its services and how I want to use the services. I needed them to be working with the DOM and I needed them to be on singletons. Um, but the directives, they added a layer of what I perceive to be unnecessary kind of sugar around what I was trying to do uh, because I wasn't doing what directives were really intended for. I ended up writing more code than I needed to get to do the actual things. And it also ended up in more div ele more elements in the DOM. And I had to work really hard to kind of get those down because you can only have one element with a child scope, I think. Um, so if you're using interpolation, is it the word, on a different div element, you can only have one element do that. So I was finding there was, there was too, too many elements kind of stacking up in each other. Um, I, I kind of got the idea it was too much work and I wasn't really getting benefit from AngularJS and then that's when I just kind of decided as a trial, let's just put AngularJS to the side. Let's just do this without AngularJS and I'll call AngularJS when I need it. So the default position was let's do this in JavaScript and when I need AngularJS I'll give it a call. And, um, and that's, what that, that's what became the first version of, of AG Grid. Um, Hi, I'm sorry, I was trying to think of your second question. And then I didn't go down to React route for, well, two reasons. Um, first is I didn't need to. When I had developed this grid, it was, um, it was really, really fast. Um, but the performance problem was solved. I didn't, see, uh, I didn't see any benefit. And when there's no benefit, then you shouldn't take on an extra stack. So React isn't simple. And you don't want to be doing AngularJS and React at the same time because then it'd be more difficult to, to, to hire people that'll be able to do all these things across the stack. But then a second reason, which is quite interesting, is um, a few months later, I did put a lot of work into making the grid go even faster because I realized there were some concerns on IE. And unfortunately, in my business, IE is very common on the desktop inside corporations. And I did some experiments. One of the experiments is I created my own virtual DOM. So rather than creating all, I was accessing the DOM directly. And rather than hitting the DOM for every change, rather than creating each cell and putting in the different bits and setting the CSS and attaching them to each other, I was doing a lot of that. So instead, I created my own DOM, my own virtual DOM, 
which had its own levels of composition. And then when the row was ready to put into the browser, I would call toString on that and it would give me the HTML to insert inside the browser. Um, I still have that inside my grid, but the, what amazed me was I did some performance tests and that made zero difference on Chrome. Um, to me, in, in my grid, which I think is a good example of doing a lot of DOM work, the virtual DOM uh, pattern uh, didn't, didn't change anything. It made it the same. The same in Firefox, there was no change in IE. It did take it down about 25%, which was, I was hoping it to destroy IE. I was hoping it to bring it down. To, I was hoping to make, to make it like a five times faster or, six, or ten times faster, but it didn't. It just shaved a bit off in IE, but not the others. So um, I am wondering if uh, people think React is fast just because AngularJS is slow. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think uh, there's actually been some good blog posts on that. And it's, it's interesting, your experience there, because it reflects sort of what I've seen with other similar experiments that you know, not only I've done, but I've, people like Gleb and uh, some others have, have run where when you really are focused on performance and you're trying to tune whatever you're working on, you can typically get it to run just as fast as anything else because it's all JavaScript, right? So, like, you can any like little hurdles you can kind of go over. Uh, I, I think the thing that people run into is like out of the box. Like with Angular One, there are some pitfalls, and and that's sort of where a lot of that uh, comes from. Something we've talked about in the past, but uh, it it is interesting your approach where you kind of um, went almost completely outside Angular and just like raw. JavaScript, it sounds like, with a lot of the implementation of AG Grid, right? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So that, that makes it easier to migrate to Angular 2 as well. Yeah, definitely. Angular 2 and also web components. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing in particular uh, with what you went over is um, that I don't think you got talked about specifically, but um, when you talk about the different types of things for performance that you implemented, one common use case with grids uh, like is kind of an infinite scrolling. Like you have data and you're kind of just continuously scrolling down uh, with that data. And is that something that is implemented in AG Grid? And if it is, what did you do to make it perform and, and make it not like kill your memory? Okay, so you're talking about uh, one of the things is virtual scrolling, um, which is where we, you only render the rows which are in the viewable area. Right. And that's the core that I'm managing large amounts of data. And then there's also another thing which we have in Adri Grid, which I call virtual pagination, which is not loading the data into the browser. So if you have a slow server, you may not want to bring those 100,000 records over. You just bring the first 4,000. And then you can scroll through them in the virtual way. And then once you hit the bottom of that set, then the grid will request a server for the next 4,000, load up the next page, and then that will be uh, allowed to scroll through those, and that will be done um, transparently to the user. So um, sorry, I'm not sure which one your question was referring to. Is it uh, every, everything in the browser, but you just rendered a DOM, or are you talking about paging from the server? Well, it's interesting the distinguishment that you make between those. I, I, I just think of it in terms of the first one, I guess, the virtual scrolling, um, right. but it, it's good to know kind of some of the other variations that are there as well. Right, yeah, the virtual scrolling, but the problem that that solves is that the browser is not good at showing large amounts of data in the DOM, and the DOM should be kept small. 
So rather than rendering all of the rows at the same time, you just render what's inside the virtual, what's inside the viewable area, which in theory is quite easy. You just put a listener onto the scroll bar, and then as the user scrolls, you work out with a bit of math uh, which which rows should be should be inserted. So you insert those and pull out the others. And the other one that I have, the virtual pagination. Um, that's basically a cache that I've implemented inside the browser. So it's a least recently used cache. It'll keep whatever you configure. It'll keep five pages of what you're viewing. And then as the user requests more data, it'll pull it from the server, which is good for two reasons. One is if you don't want to, if you want to limit the amount of memory that your browser is using. And then the second reason is from a kind of a lazy approach if your server uh, is, is slow. So it'll pump out the first 10 or so pages, and then it can be preparing the next pages while the user starts viewing the first set. Um, I was wondering, maybe it was more uh, about what you said earlier. Uh, how do you benchmark your grid? <laughs> I'm going to give you an answer that's um, probably not, not what you're looking for. My benchmark is feedback from the community. Okay. I, I know when I use my grid in work, it goes really, really fast. I, I know other grids don't because it's obvious when you use them. So for me, I'm, I'm not worried about the how many frames per second. I'm worried about the user experience. And user experience for me is very good, and the feedback I've been getting from everybody is it's very good as well. Okay, but when you say that uh, you implemented um, virtual domain, it was 25% faster on <laughs> oh, IP. Right. Yeah. Um, for that for that specific work, when I was spending about three weeks, um, I took I took the four browsers and sorry three I took three browsers, i.e. Chrome and Firefox, and I just put timings inside the grid, and I timed how long it took to redraw an entire page of my test drive, which is the online demo. Okay, okay, just wondering because um, I was reading. Uh, Angular 2 benchmark uh, design box the other day. Um, I was wondering what was your approach. But, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> if, I had a, if I had a problem with something running slow, then I, I'd probably invest in stuff like that, but I don't have yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, when users of EdgeGrid uh, build new system, uh, are they migrating away from other grid or are they jumping right into yours. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, people are migrating away. Um, people are pulling AG Grid, sorry, they're, they're pulling other grids out of their applications to put AG Grid in instead. And to me, that's um, that, that's actually a big statement. It, it means that it's not always oh, a this grid or is it that grid. It shows that, they're, that there's a compelling reason for them to move over. And um, yeah, I, I see that as brilliant. And from all, all types of grids, it's not just one grid in particular, but people are moving from all the different ones, and they're moving for different reasons as well. Have you done any kind of like comparisons to see what percentage people are using of each? Um, I'd like to. I, I don't know if that's possible, um, apart from doing manual surveys. Um, yeah. I can get help stars, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's not fair because I'm new. <laughs> so if anybody's listening to this, you can do me a favor and go on to my project and get up and give it a star. Um, I know other grids. Um, I've been around for many years. I've been around since April 1st is when I pushed it, so I've only been around for about six months. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's, 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 it is, it's getting there. That's interesting. I yeah. actually thought around it was around uh, for longer than that, so that's actually uh, 
pretty good that you have such a following in such a short time. Yeah, and so yeah. many options as well, because yeah. you have a lot of customization um, in your in your grade. Yeah, it's been a very busy year for me. <laughs> and um, just one of the things to point out as well, I guess, is uh, this has been done all in my spare time. Um, it, this is not something I've been working on in my job. We used a grid in my job, but all of the code changes I've been having to do in weekends and, and evenings. So uh, I've been working seven-day weeks for the last, I don't know, five months. Uh, is there a reason why your company doesn't, doesn't give you time to work on, on this? Or you don't have time, um, maybe? Well, I'd, I'd like to keep the distinction separate. It's an open source project, which is mine personally. And if I was to ask permission, well, there, there is like so many ways. If, if, um, if a feature is required specifically for the job, then I can treat it like an open source project, and I see myself as a contributor. But um, especially if I'm doing documentation, investigating Angular 2, putting in features for the community, um, all of that, I it, it's it, well, it's it's me that's benefit. That's it's the, it's the project that's benefiting from it. So it wouldn't be correct to do that in company time. Okay. One thing I th thought was interesting when I was looking over the uh, repo is that you, uh, and maybe the, I, I didn't go back through the history, I guess. But right now, at least it's in TypeScript, right? Mm, that's right. So uh, was it always in TypeScript, or did you just convert it? Recently? No, um, it's, uh, it was converted recently. Um, I have been programming TypeScript for about two years, on and off, so I've been doing JavaScript and TypeScript. When I started this project off, it was a hobby. It was small, so JavaScript was the easier one to work with with a small project. Um, but as the project complexity grew, um, I kind of saw that where I would be benefiting from strong typing and having a proper object-oriented system in place. So I was thinking towards something, and then when AngularJS uh, was definitely going with TypeScript, then I, I said, well, that, that's it. TypeScript's going to be the one. Um, so to me, the, the switch was when the complexity grew large enough for me to benefit from, from those features TypeScript brings. OK. And then the other question I had was, uh, so because of your approach where you are dealing directly with the DOM. I mean, that's how you get it to be performant, right? And how you make it so that it's not dependent on Angular, like uh, Angular 1 or Angular 2 using. And those are all benefits. Um, but one thing that's sort of uh, on the flip side of it is sort of a challenge. And I mean, this is just a use case, but it's something that you know I work a lot with. So like, uh, there is a lot of people are doing uh, like server-side rendering as well. So, so when you take that approach, it's something where the, the grid probably, I would imagine, doesn't work on the server-side. But maybe have you tried that or had, or is it just like a use case that you don't really care about because most of your customers, <laughs> people using are, you know, like you said, well, banks that are just doing single-page apps? Yeah. Um, it's uh, I should say don't care about it. It's one that I would care about, but it's further, further down the list. Um, but no, it's not something that I'll put serious thought towards. Um, yeah. As well. And so, um, what is the future for AG Grid? Uh, you know, from here, you talked a lot about uh, how you've kind of grown it up to now, and it sounds like it has, you know, really good following, it, a great product. Uh, so, what, where are you going to go from here? Um, world domination. I think I'm going to JS Grid. There, uh, sorry, not okay. I think AG Grid um, can be the JavaScript grid of the future for the next couple of years. So I think that there will be a compelling reason. Once the word spreads, 
I think there'll be a compelling reason for people to take it seriously as their primary grid. Compelling reasons being the different environments it supports. Web components are going to be big, AngularJS2 is going to be big, and the flexibility to move between them is going to be big. Um, I would like that this grid also demonstrates how components can be written, so people will kind of, you know, scratch their beards and go, hold on a sec, this guy is able to use his grid in Angular, it's going to benefit from all the Angular goodness, and it can be used outside of Angular as well. And they, yeah, I think people need to change their opinion on what they pick for their product framework as opposed to what to pick for their component framework. And um, yeah, I think AG Grid's in a position to, to show people how that can be done. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's where I'd like it to be. And um, over the next few months as well, I'm going to put a lot of work into after the, after the frameworks have been done, I'm going to go back and put in all of the features that are potentially missing. Um, so there's things like you can't drag the columns yet, you can't drag rows up and down, um, you can't export the CSV, there's a few things like that I want to get done. So then when somebody's choosing the grid, that there, there's, there'll be nothing that they can mark AG grid down on. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I had just one last question. How customizable is AG grid? It's very very customizable, because <laughs> that was one of the things I didn't really like about the other grids. Uh, but firstly, what you can customize, but secondly, how you go about customizing it. Um, so all of, uh, how it's customized, um, one of the things that the other grids didn't do is the separation between the object, uh, the, the model, and the, the rendering. And that's one of the features I have in AG grid, is the, the distinction between value getters and cell renderers. Now, I can't really map that to what other grids do, because they just don't seem to do it. But if I give you give you an example, if say in UI grid you want to render a cell differently, and in that you also want to do some math, you want to uh, say it's a weekend cell and you want to add the values from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and your data object doesn't actually have that, um, this doesn't have an attribute ma mapping to what you want to show. So in UI Grid, I believe, unless it's been changed, you'd have to do all of that inside a template. So your template would need to somehow do be responsible for the GUI part and be responsible for working out what you need to show. In uh, AG Grid, that's separate out into value getters and then cell renderers. The job of the value getter is to work out the value that should be shown in that cell. So it will add the five numbers together and return back a number result. And then that number result will be passed to the cell renderer, which you can provide yourself, or you can use the default, and then the cell renderer will render that in a certain way. The reason why that's um, important is that when you break the value getter out, then that value can be reused in the filters, and in sorting, and also in expressions. It can be used from someplace else. And it also allows you to break out the cell rendering so you can have a, a cell renderer for, say, currency, and then you can reuse that against different instances where that currency renderer will be used. Um, so I believe if you were to achieve the same thing in UI grid, you'd have to prepare all of the values up front and make sure that all those values are already in your data object and not, not, not allow you to do that kind of work in the, inside, the, um, inside the grid. Um, I find that very powerful in my job because we've got a lot of complex expressions um, where it's almost, if you see our grid definitions, 
they're, they're almost like spreadsheets in that there's a, a lot of work going on there. The data comes back a certain way from the server and then the grid manipulates, manipulates it even further like a spreadsheet. Um, all of that is done without any HTML markup. Also, styling of the grid, if, if a number is negative and you need to show it in red or flash a background, all of that is done through the configuration as well, all through the what I call the grid options. And it's all done in what can be JSON and stored down with no HTML. So to achieve those types of things in UI grid, you need to be mixing markup with the logic of the grid. I'm not sure if I explained that very well. It sounded a bit mixed up in my mind when I was saying it. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, just take away that there's a separation between the rendering and the getting of the values, and that's something that's very powerful. So if that's tweaked your interest, then I recommend you get onto the website and take a look at it closer. No, that makes sense to me. And I, I like the idea in general of having a highly configurable library that you're able to use that has kind of a smart set of defaults and uh, can fit into different you know, scenarios that come up. And that's what it sounds like AG Grid has, has done. Uh, you know, one, one last uh, thing that I had, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the comparison with UI Grid. Have you ever kind of reached out to the, t the team and um, the people that support UI Grid to see whether there's like a collaboration meeting? You know, probably not now since you, you're kind of in a, in a different, um, gone down a different path. But I, I, I'm talking about like kind of earlier on when you were trying out all these things, like instead of let me build a new one. Maybe you could like latch on to an existing one like UI Grid and, and actually alter what they've been doing. Did you did you try that at all, or were you just uh, it's going to be easier for me to just do my own thing? Uh, it would have been easier for me to do my own thing. Gotcha. Like if there's, um, I I got the bare, I got the core of my grid working in two weeks. It would have taken me two weeks just to say hello. Um, yeah. And. Uh, I think what I have, even from the inception, um, like UI Grid is, is textbook AngularJS. And I don't believe that's how you should be writing components. So uh, I don't think we would have gotten off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, sure, it is a different approach, for sure, yeah, from what you said. So that makes sense. OK, uh, so we've gone over a lot of questions, but is there something that we haven't covered that you'd love to make sure that the community knows as well? Um, well, I think I would say that um, the response I got from yeah, the community has all been positive. Every single person that's, that's gotten to, is that, that has come in, sorry, that has gotten in touch has given me positive feedback. I've not received anybody that said they've tried UI Grid and they ripped it out to go someplace else. That's, that hasn't happened. And people can check the bulletin boards, they can check the GitHub messages. It's just been all positive. positive um, it's been all positive. So if you're having any um, thoughts about a different grid, or if you're having any concerns about Angular 2 and what grid you'd use for Angular 2, um, then I'd recommend you just check out AG Grid. Um, have a look at it, and then make up the make 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 your own mind up. That's awesome. Okay, um, let's get right to picks. So Amy, why don't you start off? Sure. I don't think I've picked this before, but my pick this week was going to be another very quick podcast. It's five minutes of JavaScript, so um, it's put on by the people at Code School. They used to have a, I think they still have a Ruby one, so now there's a JavaScript one. And actually, Jack, you should listen, because the survey that you and Patrick did was mentioned on it, uh, the episode last week. Oh, so okay. <laughs> that's why I had to have that as my pick this week. But it's good, because it's just five minutes, so just gives you like some popular stuff that week to check out. 
and that's my pick for this week. Excellent. All right, Oliver. Um, I started working on Angular 2, uh, to rework on Angular 2 last week um, because I, I tried it earlier, but it was too much unstable. And now um, Angular just announced that um, the API is stable and they will be working on documentation. So uh, I started researching Angular 2 resources because the documentation is not good yet. Uh, and I found uh, this GitHub repo named Angular 2 Education, uh, as I will link. And I picked uh, three starters. Uh, one is from Kuzolovsky. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Um, uh, pa Pavel Kozlovsky uh, yeah. uh, is a uh, it's one of the oldest. Uh, it was already up in uh, in Mars, I think, when they announced uh, the alpha. So yeah, this one is uh, is interesting. Uh, the next one is Angular 2 Webpack Starter by Patrick Gis, and it's been really good. And it's a big project. You can you can use it to start, but you can also use it to to look at um, really core stuff uh, from the library. And the last one is a new one by Ben Papa that he just tweeted about, uh, which is Angular 2 Go. And this one is really simple. If you want to start, I think it's it's a good one if you want something really simple. So I will put the link in the in the Hangout. Cool. Thanks, Oliver. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my I have two picks. The first one next week is Angular Remote Conf. Kent is going to be speaking at it. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at it and a bunch of other people. So if you haven't already gotten your tickets, they're, it's relatively cheap, and there's going to be a lot of great talks, you know, fully remote. So uh, definitely do that. And then the other uh, pick that I had was AWS, uh, one of their services, SES, for simple email service. Um, I've used a bunch of different email services before, most recently Mandrill, and uh, I, I think, like, a dozen other different ones. Why not SparkPost? Which one? Why not SparkPost? I have not used SparkPost. I'll plug them as well. You need to give them a shot. <laughs> um, the thing I, I like about SES, which I'll definitely check out in SparkPost as well, is just uh, the API for it um, is kind of in line with you know what I like my mindset. I feel like the API for some other email services is just uh, isn't user-friendly or developer-friendly enough. So uh, definitely uh, check out both of those. I'll put up link links for both SparkPost and uh, SES in the, um, in the Hangout. And finally, uh, <laughs> let's talk, uh, go to Niall. Um, I just ask people again to start a project on GitHub, AG Grid, or I'm Grid on GitHub. Uh, that's all. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Niall, so much for being here. We really appreciate you taking your time. Hope everyone had fun, and we will see you next week for Minko talking about uh, immutability. Uh, Amy, did you have something? Yep, one more thing. So you mentioned Angular Remote Conf. Just to let everybody know if they still want tickets, you can use uh, that code Angular Air, and you'll get 20% off your ticket. Ah, thank you, Amy, very much. All right, guys, see you next week. Have a good one. See you.